Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. episode 192 of slam fire radio for february 3rd 2017 this is trevor's episode <laughs> because he's been gone for three weeks and it's going to be packed lunch people okay <laughs> i'm gonna take a nap it won't be that bad It'll i'm be already riveting. on reddit <laughs> right. and, anyway i am one of your hosts kelly lynn and uh yeah <laughs> Well, I was trying to, but when you said this is you, Trevor, that's when I was about to speak. So I'm the interrupted one. Oh, Trevor? is it my turn? Yeah, get the <laughs> hell off Reddit. <laughs> I'm Adriel. Started. No, you're not. <laughs> oh, I'm Matthew, I'm I think. Matthew. Well, I'm Adriel, then. Okay. <laughs> it's supposed to, be, it's supposed to be awkward endings, not awkward beginnings. This is going to be an awkward show. Because yeah. we're on it, it's awkward. Hey, we're all here today. Look at that. Yeah. Weird. I'm in, like, forever. Huh. Mm-hmm. At hmm. least three weeks. Least. Yes. All right. Who wants to go first with what we did in guns? Not Matthew. Tre- not Trevor. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, okay. Um, Philip Hoffman. You're well there. Yeah. He's the guy that I couldn't remember his name last week because I have a terrible memory. But he's the guy that built my muzzle break for me. So last week, if you're listening and you were yelling at your computer because you knew the answer and I didn't, I'm sorry. But yeah, it was Philip Hoffman. He did a really cool job on it, too. But uh, yeah, that's what I wanted to update from last week. And additionally, I got back out to the range and did uh, some shooting with some X-Metal target ammo. Trevor gave me a box of it uh, back in the summer, some 147 grain 9 mil that uh, I just hadn't had a chance to take out and shoot. So I figured I'd go out and shoot it, and it shoots fine. Did you put some uh, holes in some targets? I did. I put holes in targets. I compared it to some other ammo that I had, and it also put holes in targets at approximately the same size group, so I've got no issue with the accuracy. Um, It was functionally reliable. Uh, I put it through the chronograph, and it was a less than 3% spread. Like 26 feet per second was the maximum distance between the highest and lowest velocities out of 10 rounds, so it's very consistent. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. I've, I'm looking forward to shooting some more of it, and I'm really interested in shooting some of the two to three because uh, I hear that stuff's pretty cool too. Cool. Uh, so. Did it have a smell when you shoot it, or is it pretty? It just did regular? smell a little bit like Trevor, so people <laughs> will have to be aware that uh, if they don't want the Trevor smell, there, there's an upgrade for that, and you basically you pay Trevor to not lick every bullet before he ships it out to you. Oh, gross! <laughs> That's what it costs. <laughs> No, I did not notice any sort of uh, odor to it. Have other people oh, no. been mentioning yeah. that? Really? Oh, yeah, I found I found in the beginning that, there, that when the polymer burns off going down the barrel, there is a, a distinct smell from it. Um, it's not offensive or nauseating or anything. No, I didn't notice it at all. I mean, I was shooting oh. outside, and that may have been part of it, but you shoot outside too, so it's not like I was shooting yeah. indoors or anything. Now, I wonder if they've changed the formula because the last time I went out, I didn't smell it either, so maybe I'm just getting used to it, or maybe they changed the formula. 
Yeah, maybe. Or maybe the wind just happened to shift the right way and all the smoke was blowing the wrong way from you. No, I was shooting from inside the building. Oh, okay. Maybe they can, you know, like put a oil in it and it could be like smellorama as you shoot. <laughs> Burgers, pizza. Put some sparkles in there. So when you shoot, it's shoot sparkles out your gun. Ooh, that's so a, that's instead of so it's not just range therapy; it's range aromatherapy. Yeah, there you go. I aromatherapy. Like yeah. Yep. So yeah, I shot that, and then I shot the PIR some more because PIR, it's cool. Um, actually, Mo had given me some ammo. I, me- I mentioned uh, meeting up with Mo last week, uh, and he had given me some ammo, some handloaded stuff that he had put together. And he's thinking about getting a PIR, so he wanted me to try his ammo out in my gun. So I took uh, the advantage of being at the range to to shoot that and. Also shot some more of my own ammo, and Trevor gave me some some ammo, some heavier stuff. What, uh, 77 grain, I think, was it, Trevor? Do you remember? For what kind that, of ammo? You gave me that box of ammo, then that, that brown cardboard box. Adriel and I are still waiting for ours. I gave you ammo. You mean like the Christmas ammo? Nope. No, you just gave what, me some, two, some, some spare. Two to three. It's going oh, through that my was PIR. 77 thank, grain. Yes, yeah, that was Yeah, thank you for paying attention. Get off of it. <laughs> I get, I'm not on Reddit, I, <laughs> but I give you a lot of ammo, so I, you do. Yeah, no, it was like the 77. Yeah, okay. Anyway, yep, it actually yep. it actually grouped fairly well um, under two MOA, which you know is not as good as as my hand loads, but still under two MOA is still acceptable. Nice. So anyway, it was kind of nice to to know that it grouped there and it shot exactly an inch low. So I know if I ever shoot it for for effect on anything, if I take a hunting or whatever, just click up four and and i know i'll be dead on again so it uh yeah. it was nice to to have that worked out and my hand loads i shot uh, shot a bunch of them too and I, they're holding at right around an, an moa still so um accuracy wise i'm still quite happy with it despite its rough start um, sweet. yep and then i shot the 795s i brought mine and jewels out and uh just shot them just for fun i i put a bunch more ammo through my 22 resizer die just for fun i haven't messed with that for a while so i just wanted to play with that a little bit more so nothing nothing i haven't learned i didn't learn anything new this trip that i haven't learned before but it was still fun and i managed to put eight shots out of 10 into a half inch at 50 yards with jules rifle and that was with unmodified 22 ammo and that's just like winchester white box the 555 bulk box stuff like that's that's impressive that's i mean that's that's one MOA from a twenty two. And granted only at fifty yards and I know that group would open up further out, but uh it was it was really cool to to see them all flying into the same ragged hole at that distance. So that was kinda especially, cool. Especially out of a semi. Yes. Yeah. And not and not like Ely target ammo. Right. And I mean I should mention that that's not that's not typical. That was the best group of the day, and it's one of the better ones I've shot with the rifle. I'm usually closer to uh, an inch at 50 yards, but every now and then, you know, the the ammo gods all align and and everything just works out great, and you get a. Fan. I mean, and that just shows what the rifle is capable of. It's in a uh-huh. crappy stock. I'm shooting crappy ammo. It does. It has a crappy trigger. The only thing going for the Marlin is it's got uh, a fantastic barrel. That that micro groove barrel and and the way that the action is set up works really well. But I have not done the rifle any favors putting it in the stock that I put it in. And the the trigger that you get from the factory is not fantastic. You really have to learn how to pull that properly. So well, it's a hundred and sixty dollar rifle. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So getting man. what I get out of it for what I paid, it is like the best bargain of the century kind of thing. Uh, absolutely, it's yeah. it's like uh, the the same value equates to the Savage Axis. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? The Savage Axis is not the greatest rifle in the world. They have, but for what you pay for it, you get a heck of a lot. Yeah, they have no business being that good at those price points. That's right. Yep, that's kind of the same thing with 795. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last thing I did while I was there was talk to the club president, and he wants me to be on the executive. Sweet. So, who knows? Maybe my club will become an Ipsa club after all. Mm. <laughs> so, anyway, I, uh, I haven't uh, accepted or declined yet. The club meeting is at the end of the month, so I'll go to the meeting and get some more info and then make a decision then. But... Uh, but yeah, it's kind of cool to have been approached and asked that. So definitely, what uh, what position do they want you to do? Just uh, like a not a not an assigned position, just be on the board. The director. Yeah, just to be on, yeah. just to be one of the people who uh, who get to cast a cool. vote and help make right. decisions and stuff. He said basically he just he likes he likes the way I think. He likes the the logic that I bring to to problems that that I've come across with him. So and he doesn't listen to the show. He clearly. <laughs> Matthew's the level-headed one. Well, one of them, anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he likes how Matthew thinks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. There you go. So take that how you will. And uh, anyway, we'll see. We'll see what, what, what comes of from that. But uh, that was basically my weekend gun. So I will pass the torch to whoever Tracy thinks should speak next. Tracy? I said show? Tracy. Yeah, it's because I was thinking about Tracy because she's coming on the show later. Kelly. Whoever Kelly thinks should shoot next. We're just going to leave it there. That's, that's, right. that's like calling my wife my ex-girlfriend's name, right? It's really, I've never no. done that, by the way. But I did once call an ex-girlfriend the name of my previous ex-girlfriend, and that did not go over well. Yeah. Every, everything's competition, right? Everything is. So yeah. when you're... Uh, engaged in certain activities with your fiance, don't use her sister's name. No, that would be a bad thing too. I win. <laughs> if you wanna, if you wanna like make things a little bit more wild, yeah, I mean, things, things <laughs> it's rodeo. Try and hold on for eight seconds. <laughs> oh, oh, oh this show's living up to its name of being awkward for the whole entire uh, thing. All right, can I get Trevor. on with the three yeah. weeks of what I did? Okay. Yeah. So, do you really want him to go next? Because everybody's gonna like tune out completely. I think Adriel should go next, and then Kelly, and then Trevor should go last. And then well, who am I? Forward through me. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's no. I'm just kidding. Go ahead, Trevor. All right, so I actually started two 1022 projects. Originally, we talked about that I was buying a 1022. Well, I got the 1022, and it was um, a camo-dipped 1022. So the receiver is camo-dipped, the stock, and the trigger guard. But the barrel had been modified and bubbled really bad, so I needed a new barrel. Um, a listener, Ashton, sent me a tan Cerakoted barrel for it. And before that barrel arrived, I found a smoking deal on an unfired 20-inch heavy Ruger target barrel, and Mr. Uzi, like, basically forced me to buy it. He talked me into it, and so now I'm looking at the gun going, all right, camo receiver and a heavy barrel. I went and stripped the receiver mm-hmm. and was going to get the barrel and the receiver Cerakoted. Well, shortly after the heavy barrel arrived, um, the tan Cerakoted barrel arrived, and it looked 
amazing. I dropped it into the camo stock with the camo trigger guard. And I was like, oh man, I'm kicking myself. I should have just thrown this rifle together like that. And then went and bought a Delask 1022 receiver with the rail built in and thrown the target barrel on that and got all that Cerakoted. Uh-huh. So anyway, so now I've got a camo stock, camo trigger guard, tan barrel and no receiver. And then I've got the bar- target barrel and the stripped receiver being Cerakoted black by the local gunsmith. Um, I need another receiver. So trying to buy a receiver for a 1022, like you can buy a new aftermarket receiver and they're almost 300 bucks. Right. And I'm, I'm into this whole thing for the cheap, uh, on the cheap. I got the original, a 1022 to start with for 200 bucks. Then you lost a bet and I want a stock and I got the target barrel for a smoking deal. So I'm really, I'm building two 1022s for the price of one. So, uh, muffin, some of the listeners who have been listening to us for a long, long time will remember that Muffin had a house fire and he lost a 1022 in that house fire. He dug out the stock or the uh, old barrel and receiver uh, that had everything else had burned away. He was able to remove the barrel from the receiver. So he gave me the receiver. I got the bolt out of it, took some doing. I got the bolt removed and I uh, took the bolt and the receiver to my local gunsmith and he sandblasted it. And it was in decent enough shape. So he Cerakoted that OD green. So now that receiver with the tan stock are, are living in the um, camo dip. Or the, yeah, the camo dip 1022. So in the end, I'm going to have a black 1022 in the black Magpul stock with a heavy barrel. And then I'll have uh, with an optic on it and stuff. And then the other one, I just might leave the iron sights on it. Who knows? It's kind of cool. The camo and then the OD green receiver and the tan barrel. Um, you know, it's a beater, whatever it looks, I'm sure it'll shoot fine and be accurate. Um, so in the end, I ended up with two 1022s and what I did was for the one that's going in the Magpul stock, I ordered all the Volkortsen parts. So the firing pin and extractor and all that stuff off of the bolt that didn't go through a house fire is going to go onto the bolt that went through a house fire that's been sandblasted, but all the other parts were kind of shot. So I'm buying Volkholz and parts for one and using the factory parts to rebuild the other one. So I'll have one, one precise, well, one quote unquote precision 1022 and then one uh, kind of hunting one. So um, what else have I been up to? Um, I did a lot of reloading and I did some shooting. I test fired a new 223 load using uh, IMR 4064. It looks very promising. I'm trying to find a powder that will allow me to shoot 55 grain bullets in my um, Thompson Center Venture Predator, which has a uh, 1 in 12 twist barrel, so it doesn't stabilize bullet, heavy bullets very well. But with the 4064, it really seems to be doing good. I also went out with my 1911 to test my match ammo that I'm developing for this summer. Uh the gun malfunctioned finally it had a failure to eject and a failure to feed the bullet nose dived and hit the uh, feed ramp i got the gun home and realized it's never been clean since i bought it and i removed the extractor there was actually rust on the extractor and rust inside the extractor hole like the sludge that came out of there was amazing so i'm not too concerned that it malfunctioned i'm sure now that it's clean it'll go back to being its usual reliable self then I also got out and tested my Tanfoglio Stock 3 Extreme because I changed the springs for the light ones and put in the Titan Hammer, and I hadn't actually gotten out and shot it yet, so I did that. And then I went out with the um, 
my 930 Pro JM edition. I tried to shoot it in Fredericton a couple of weeks ago with Filthy, but it was so cold and I actually had frog lube in it and it wouldn't run. So I got it out and tested my uh, shotgun reloads and I tested those all plastic active hulls and one of them split and I'm not really sure why. Temperature, cold, and maybe it's because it was old, but it was uh, it split right down the side. So I hope that the other ones don't split. I mean, I only shot about 25 or 30 and one split. Um, if they all split, I'll be a little heartbroken because they, they run so well. They're so there's because there's no metal on them. They're, they're low friction. There's nothing to drag. So, uh, and then I actually gave her a loading, a reloading lesson to, uh, one of our training buddies, training buddies, Don, uh, this is somebody that Matthew and I have, uh, trained with a couple of times now and him and ginger snaps were out snowmobiling <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Ginger snaps. <laughs> his daughter his daughter calls him ginger snaps so much now, Kelly, that he actually has to ignore her to get her to stop doing it. And when she goes Hi, back James. To, Yeah, when she goes back to dad, <laughs> then he listens again. So uh, So yeah, he Don's got a whole bunch of reloading equipment and hasn't set any of it up yet. I was hoping to get down to his house to help him set it up, but the schedule just doesn't drive with archery and stuff. So and then my X Metal, uh, the reason why I wasn't on last week is because Muffin was dropping off my X Metal products uh, order arrived. So 2,650 pounds worth of X Metal product arrived, and that's uh, reloaded ammunition and bullets for reloading. It took two trips and a half ton to get it here. He oh. only managed to crush four boxes and spill 4,000 round, 4,000 bullets in the back of his truck. So I ended up having to having to buy those. <laughs> Uh, but that's cool because I'll, I'll just use them in my uh, my uh, classic gun anyway. But yeah, uh, two it takes a lot of time and two men to drag 2,650 pounds worth of lead into your basement. You start off with four boxes, right? So it's 4,000 rounds, and you do that once, maybe twice, and then it's three boxes. And then once, twice, and then, yeah, and then you're moving 2,000 at a time by the end to uh, try and, you know, fight off the heart attack. So, um, yeah, so it's pretty exciting. My stuff is here, and the way it's going to work is if somebody wants to order something and have me deliver it to them in the province, they should call me up, see if I have it in stock. And if I do, they go on the website, they use my promo code specific to me to process the order. And why that's important is it eliminates the shipping from the order process. And then they take a screenshot of the uh, confirmation, the receipt, what have you, show me proof of purchase, and either come to the house and I'll give them their product. They come to the house and we can process the sale here, or um, I'll deliver it to uh, to a shoot this summer, something like that. So, and I have lots and lots of ammo and um, and uh, and bullets on, and yeah, in stock, like a lot. I'll be set for a long time. I had to rearrange the basement to accommodate all the stuff. There's actually a pallet full of bullets on my floor. Um, what else? Uh, I loaded up some Campro. Campro makes a 147 grain 30 caliber bullet. So I loaded some test rounds with that for my M305 and my M1 Grand. I looked up a bunch of different Grand safe recipes, and I had a couple of different powders here for that. So I loaded up like three or four different batches of Grand ammo, just small numbers, eight at a time, just enough to fill a clip with different powders to see which one is going to give me the best grouping. I loaded more 223 with 40 grain bullets and I shot two archery tournaments with my brand new bow. So, How'd you do? Uh, I don't know, top five. You know? Good for you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I never shot all fall because of the two surgeries and yeah. I set up my target bow from last year 
until my new bow arrives. So then I, I shot two tournaments with the old, with last year's bow. And then when this year's bow arrived, I sent that up and, uh, and I went with those. So, and then Monday night, Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday, I don't know. One night this week, it was late. I was on Geeks, Gadgets, and Guns as a guest to talk about the unfortunate uh, shooting that took place in Quebec at a mosque. Wow. So they had me on there to discuss, you know, the rumor mill is just going crazy, right? Or at least it was. Yeah. So uh, I got on there to try and clarify a few things and, and talk to some of the points about Canadian gun law. Okay. So, well, yeah. that's good. You've been, on, you've been on a few podcasts lately. like, uh, And not your own, by yeah. the way. Yeah. But lately, I mean... <laughs> Yeah. No, I heard you on Squirrels a couple of times. Yeah, I would. There were Squirrels. And then, you would have yeah. heard me. You would have heard me more recently on Squirrels, but you know, sticks messed up the audio. And so, well, yeah, yeah. Well, anyways. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I get around, Kelly. If that's what you're trying to imply. Yes, I am. I believe I've been called the uh, podcasting uh, harlot of the night on occasion. So, okay. Yeah. What are you gonna do? All right. So, uh, what about you, Adriel? <laughs> You guys are done playing on Reddit. Um, Kelly, by the way, thanks for pretending to be interested and, and asking questions during during my uh, what I did this week in guns. And I got a question for you. Yes, are you done? I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was the sound of my benchmate opening, and this is me imagining I'm sticking it between your ribs. Yay! I can feel the pain from here. <laughs> Excellent. All right. You get the pain and I don't get the criminal record. Win-win. <laughs> Adriel. I uh, I didn't do anything in guns. I just got done like a job fair where I talked to like 200 students. So my voice is uh, is toast. Mm-hmm. No, it's too bad. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay. You're wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. You, you sound terrible. That's wonderful. Yeah. He, he wasn't listening. He did a lot. He did he a lot in... Go ahead. He did, he did a lot. He, he did, did a lot. He did a lot in podcasting behind the scenes this week. He did. So, got a few things on the go to help keep this ship afloat. So, yep. He's the man. Mm. He's a man. That's true. <laughs> yeah, true. So it's your turn, I think, Kelly. What did you do in guns? Uh, what did I do this week? I went to my local gun club on Sunday and became an official member. Woo! Nice. Yeah. So, so that's good. So uh, I'm at Frontenac now, so I can go. Uh, the only problem. Mem- where were you a member before? Well, I was uh, not really a member because of the fact that Kevin was a member, and oh, I see. I had to have my own membership, uh, but they also have a two and a half year waiting list to get. Holy cow! Yeah, so I could go with him as much as I wanted to go, but I was never a full member until I went to the orientation. So. Again, two and a half years. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. So, Ontario needs more shooting ranges, it sounds like. They do. Yeah, they do. So one of the things is that I have to do six probationary shoots for pistol, three indoors and three outdoors. And then I also have to do three probationary uh, shoots for rifle. Can you so be, like, got, anywhere indoors, like at, at your house or at, like... Yeah. The- I can do it in my basement. <laughs> I can do it while I'm doing the show. <laughs> yeah. No. So I did... My indoor, one of my indoor probationary shoots for pistol there um, on Sunday, and then I also did the rifle uh, probationary shoot. So, as well. w- walk us through what a probationary shoot looks like. I've heard of this term many times before, but I don't know what it means. Do they just basically okay. send an RO out with you and they just watch you and make sure you don't do anything dumb? And yeah, that's basically it. So it's um, yeah, because you guys don't have those, do you? No. 
we're yeah. um, we're instituting a orientation course at our club from now on, starting in the spring. All new members will be required to attend the orientation course. It's going to take place once a month, um, unless some kind of special arrangement can be done. But we're not going to require any kind of shoot. Okay. But we do, because well, they do, because of the fact they want to make sure that the people that are coming to the range are are safe. So they want at least three probationary shoots, uh, either indoor, outdoor, with rifle, with pistol, and they want an RO there. So you have to arrange with, they give you a contact list for all the ROs and make arrangements uh, for them to sign off on it. Luckily enough, my boyfriend is an RO there. So oh, well, would you look at that? Yeah. Uh, but what did happen that, that morning? Question. Are you what? permitted? Are you permitted to shoot there without an RO? No. I'm not, yeah, not, not until I finish my no. probationary shoots and not until it's signed off on. Cause okay, one let, of me, the reasons- let me rephrase the question. Good. Okay. Are full-time members allowed to shoot there unsupervised without an arrow? Absolutely. Okay. Because I know there, there are some clubs out there where that's a no-no. You can't, you can't shoot unless it's a Wednesday night and an arrow is present, you know? No. So it, it, as long as you're a full member and you've completed your probationary shoots, then you will be issued your access key, access pass. And once that's done, then you can go anytime um, within the club hours and you can shoot by yourself. Or if there's other people there, there if there's other people there, you have to have a, a range safety officer. So, you know, it's like rock, paper, scissors, whatever. Yeah, who's going to be the guy that turns the light on and off kind of thing, puts the flag exactly. up and whatever, yeah. Yeah, but um, but yeah, as long as you pass your probationary shoots, then you're you're good to go by yourself. There doesn't have to be an RO there. But until that time, you have to make arrangements. So I'm going back again on Saturday um, to shoot with another RO. Uh, what happened on Sunday at the indoor range? They uh, had a bunch of 22s there. There was 30 people in the room and. Of the 30 people, five of them are women, so that was awesome. Um, but they split us up into groups, and uh, we went and did the indoor range. They would not let us use our own firearms on the pistol range. They uh, provided them for us, so I had a, a CZ um, and with the 22 conversion kit on it, so it was pretty awesome. And shot that, and they gave us Remington, the bucket of bullets, 22 ammo. And uh, I think they did it on purpose because they wanted to see if we could clear the jams that it, they created. <laughs> 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 it was horrible. <gasps> Seriously horrible. And uh, and you were also shooting at 25 yards, too. So, yeah. Anyways, I was lucky I was able to get to everything on paper and the majority in, you know, uh, almost in the black. Or, But there was, yeah, it was... Not good. There is one lady there that I don't know if she's actually fired a pistol before, and uh, she had one shot on paper, and that was it. So I chatted with her for a little bit, and maybe we can meet up and give her some help with pistol at least. I did have a the Ipsic, um, the Ipsic director. He asked me if I wanted to shoot pistol and shoot Ipsic, so he sent me the drills for that. So that was awesome. Uh, and then I went out into the rifle range, and again, we had another RO there, and we were shooting. Uh, we could, uh, If we had 22, we were only allowed to bring our 22s. Uh, they, uh, we brought those to the line, and we shot at 50, 50 yards, 
And, yeah, the guy that was sitting beside me, he really liked my 1022. He thought it was an awesome 1022. It was all, he said, it was really tricked out. And, and then he, uh, once I shot, he said that, uh, yeah, he didn't want to piss me off ever because of the fact that I could shoot and probably hit him. So, <laughs> and, um, yeah, it, it was it was fun. I, I was helping out some people, too. I was giving them some maple seed instruction, I guess, and that had to be better at. They did pay for it, right? Because you don't give that instruction out for free, right? No, not while I'm doing it. Yeah, of course. Oh, well, come then. on now. But. You, you some uh, kind of communist or something? You must not shop at the Calgary Shooting Center. I, I haven't yet. <laughs> I need to. Apparently, they sponsor us. You've never shopped there? <laughs> I've never shopped there. No, I haven't. You I are always, communist. I only shop at SFRC for the best part. But uh, maybe it's only like a three or 4,000 kilometer trip. I know. Come on. You know they ship stuff. I'm just putting that out uh, there. Hey, you know what? I haven't bought anything there, but I know that uh, somebody else who lives in this household has bought stuff there. Oh, of course. He's not a communist. I know. Neither am I. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Speaking of apple and maple seed, we got, uh, we got it up and running. Um, so check out the Facebook page. Uh, it's open to the public, so Project Maple Seed. And then also uh, check it out on the website, too, because we're going to be posting our events very, very soon. We're just uh, confirming the dates and we should probably within the next couple of weeks uh, post some events up there. So the website is uh, mapleseedrifleman.com. So I just want to let you guys know about that too. And that's everything that I did in Guns This Week. Cool. It was exciting. Yeah. All right. Upcoming events. Who wants to talk about the seventh annual Canadian Pos- Podcasters Charity Shoot because of the fact that I've just spent 10 minutes talking about what I did in Guns. And that's so, why none of us will take a turn. I think Kelly should do it. (laughs) I got it. Uh, The 7th Annual Canadian Podcasters Charity Shoot will be on Saturday, July 8th at the Guelph Rodden Gun Club. Uh, It'll be hosted by the Canadian Patriot Podcast and the International Liberty or Death Podcast. Uh, This year's charity is Many to One. Excellent. Uh, The four spots that are open. Uh, Matthew, do you want to talk about this? Because uh, There are four spots open. (laughs) How are they supposed to contact you? When is it? (laughs) Uh, so the pistol course, uh, the day one of the pistol course, which will be the, the basics day, the fundamentals, if you will, in uh, that's in Bonneville, right? Yep. yep. So July. If, yeah, uh, I don't know, July 15th. Yep. So if you live in that area and you would like to get some fundamental instruction on how to shoot your pistol, there are four or, spots or tra- available. Or travel. Or, you know, you travel, it's fine. No. No, you must live close by. That's a requirement. <laughs> you can travel if you want. I mean, we're traveling, I guess. I mean, it's a yeah, we're, bit yeah, we're traveling the furthest. We're gonna have to. We should. We yeah. had we had quite a few people travel there last year and drag trailers and it's stuff. It's true. Yeah, it's true. So yeah, I mean, traveling's an option. I guess when I said you do you live you, you live close, more like you live in Alberta or <laughs> like not New, not New Brunswick. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Bonneville is actually not that far from Saskatchewan. So if there's any people from Saskatchewan that want to come out, it's it's not that bad a drive, at least part of Saskatchewan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how much is it for the course again, and how are they supposed to contact you? So you can email us at slamfireradio@gmail.com, <laughs> and it's two hundred dollars for uh, day one, and day two is currently full. So don't worry about that. If you want to come to okay. it, you can put your name on the list because we are actually going through. The waiting list. Uh, we've had a couple of people drop out just due to uh, conflicts and scheduling and whatnot. So I'm down. Lame. 
down to the last. <laughs> yeah, we're looking at you, Jason Philp. Somebody's going to Saskatchewan, apparently. And, uh, you went not there and you going. named him. Oh, okay. Don't yeah, we him. called him out. We called him out. Yeah, he deserves <laughs> it. Yeah, like, he's part of the... Um, Alumni. Yes, thank you. That's You're exactly welcome. the word I was going for. He's, yeah. yeah. Well, we do share a brain. Well, we share mm-hmm. half a brain. <laughs> yeah, so I get a quarter. Yeah, and I got good. the 30%. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> All right, I'm going to talk about uh, the next one. Got Your Six Shoot, a charity shoot, is the second annual precision rifle competition that's going to be happening in Edson, Alberta on July 22nd and 23rd. Uh, the funds raised go toward the War Horse Awareness Foundation, and you can check it out at www.gotyoursixshoot.com. So go on over there and register for that. Trevor, talk about SummerSlam. SummerSlam, uh, there are 16 spots left. So if you'd like to register, you can go to the website, download the form, email it to the Rescuers Gun Club at gmail.com. If you uh, pay cash, it's 160 bucks. If you pay by EMT, it's 140 bucks. The uh, date for the match is the 5th and 6th of August. Level 3, 16 stages, approximately 300 rounds. Uh, an awesome match, but I'm biased. Yeah, but it's okay to be biased because it is an awesome match, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're also having the CAPS Use of Force training. It's the $400 plus uh, applicable taxes. Go to the, um, it's the Dave Young training course, by the way. And it's going to be on October 14th and 15th in Dalhousie, New Brunswick. So go to uh, www.capstraining.com, sign up, and you can register. There's 15 seats uh, in total and only 12 left. So those will fill up closer to the date as well. So register early. Um, could could yeah. even be could even be ten, and I just haven't heard back yet because I know that James and Don are in on that. Okay, so maybe even just ten. So yeah, filling up, and it's still you know more than half a year away. So what's in the news? Uh, who put this in the news? Uh, this was sent to me by uh, listener David, uh, someone else who's trained with us. He came to the Tommy class. Audiologist warns that a balloon pop can be louder than a gun. Bill Hodgett was one of the uh, people on this study, says, I have absolutely nothing against balloons. In fact, the whole paper was designed out of curiosity. The paper, is, this was a research paper that he did. We do have kids, and we were interested in whether or not these things were as loud as we thought they were. But we were really more interested in raising the conversation up about potential hazards of a really short noise over our long-term hearing health. Balloons, firecrackers, guns, any loud impulse noise that we might think is really uh, transient and doesn't need to be worried about is something that can actually do some pretty serious damage to our ears. So there's a whole bunch of other information. That's a snapshot. This was published on CBC's website and was open for comments, and Dave commented. He says, firearms in Canada cause considerable hearing damage and noise pollution because it is illegal to put a muffler on a firearm in Canada. Perhaps these researchers would be able to contribute to an evidence-based discussion of the health costs paid by individuals and society stemming from our Canada's criminalization of sound moderators on guns. Many countries allow the use of moderators and without one is seen as socially irresponsible in places like UK, 
let's have laws based on scientific evidence rather than misrepresentation based on 1940s gangster movies. Woohoo! Because science. Because science. Awesome. It, uh, yeah. Any study published on CBC's website probably wasn't done by people who would um, conduct a study in favor of suppressors. But we can always, you know, continue to hope for common sense. Yeah, it's all right. about bringing it to the public light, right? The comments are read by everybody, and the more people see this, eventually more people get on board and realize that, hey, wait a minute, maybe we can do something about this. Exactly. Uh-huh. So, mm-hmm. very well-written comment, uh, Dave. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, it is. All right. Funny and, gun ads. Yeah, uh, I was going to ask. Do you have any? I, it's downstairs. I bought it. I actually called the guy with the 30-odd <laughs> six army gun. He claims that it's a 1918 Lee Enfield that was used by the U.S. and rechambered in 30 6 to be used as a sniper rifle. Uh, I am supposed to go see this thing, and I just haven't been able to meet up with him yet. So oh, I'm so will... curious. <laughs> I know, right? So stay tuned for more on the 30 6 so for tonight's main topic, we have Tracy Wilson with us. She's the chairperson for the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights. She's going to be talking to us today about the Federal Firearms Advisory Committee that's being formed up in Ottawa. So welcome, Tracy. Thank you, Kelly. Thanks for having me on. Great to see everybody again. Hello. 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 So, Hello. so why don't you tell us a little bit about the um, Firearms Advisory Committee that I would there, you've received some information about it recently that one's going to be starting up again and can you give us a little bit of background about it first sure absolutely so um we should be referring it to uh referring to it as cfac first of all the canadian firearms advisory committee so it was introduced back in 2006 by the conservatives um as you know sort of a, a network of support to advise the minister and the office of public safety on firearms issues um, so they had um, some terms of reference that they used for their committee. They're gonna, they were going to operate as part of a broader, um, <clears throat> excuse me, consultative process and provide ongoing advice to the minister. Um, members on the committee were to participate as individuals and not necessarily representatives of their organizations. And members on the committee held their seat for two years. Okay. So. They they had the committee going, um, working on it. Um, people kind of came and went off of the committee. And with the Liberals taking over leadership, they found the committee a little bit biased, right? Um, they Originally, the department uh, who was assembling this list uh, was supposed to have representation for from both those in favor and against enhanced restrictions and legislation. Um, and this was supposed to give a balanced consultation, right? Right. So, um, you know, the Liberals decided that the um, CFAC that was in place, the members who were on this committee um, were, you know, um, were a little bit biased. And originally when the committee was made, you know, back in 2006, there was, a, you know, entirely different set of issues and legislation in place that they were working on. So they had things to work on like Bill C-21, um, they, there's some, there was some talk about, um, naming people as like prohibited people type thing, you know, and forming like a database of, 
So this, uh, sorry, so this was what they were, the original mandate was back in 2006. That's right. And it's all right. really well documented. Um, yeah, okay. they called it the Prohibited Persons Registry. Um, they had a couple of really uh, key items that they wanted to uh, work on. And this was sort of, you know, why this committee was formed and what the mandate was to work through these um, couple of issues that they had. So with the Liberals coming into power and dismantling the committee, they've, you know, um, other than you know, putting some uh, classification into the hands of the RCMP. They really haven't done anything on the firearms file uh, to date, really, other than the, mm -hmm. the RCMP thing, which if you look back on their mandate on their website, that falls in line with exactly what they said they were going to do. Right. So that brings us to today, where they are um, beginning to form this committee. Uh, there's been a, a few people announced. I believe the committee is not completely formed yet. They're going to do it a little differently. They're going to have a chair of the committee and then two vice chairs okay. and then just members. So they've named Mark Holland as the um, chairperson for CFAC. He's, okay. in, he's a Liberal MP out of Ajax, Ontario. Uh, he served as the public safety critic up until 2011. So, you know, during the time that the committee was originally formed back in 2006, he was kind of, you know, the opposition critic. Mm -hmm. uh, and he worked really, really hard on the efforts to save the long gun registry. So he is the one heading up this committee. Okay. Uh, but we don't have, do we know who's going to be the vice chairs or, or no? Uh, no, not, not quite yet. So that will be announced within the next week, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've been doing a lot of research trying to find out, uh, you know, on the Liberals' website, on the Office of Public Safety website. I've been working everywhere trying to find some documentation on this committee because, you know, I've served on a lot of different working groups and committees uh -huh. in the past. And generally, when you form a committee, it's because, you know, it's usually a result of identifying an issue or, or a, a, a problem or, yeah, uh -huh. there's a need. So you identify that issue, you create a mandate with some steps, you know, involved in and some things that you need to decide or fix or change or legislate or repair. And then you would, um, you know, maybe use one of two methods, either hand select, uh, you know, recruit some people with the knowledge and skill set to work on that mandate or post it for public consumption. And, right. you know, candidates would have an informed idea of what it is that they're signing up for. So as it stands right now, they're appointing people to a committee that has no mandate, um, has no direction, uh, at least nothing that's documented anywhere. Um, nobody at the office seems to have any idea really what the goals or objectives of the committee is. So to me, mm -hmm. I find that a little backwards. I understand that, you know, maybe this isn't, the firearms file probably isn't on the top of the Liberals list right now. They've got right. a whole whack of other problems, right? Yeah. Um, but, have you found yeah. out, have they talked about what the criteria is to be on the committee, where they're going to be pulling the reason, the people from, whether it's going to be advocacy groups as well as um, people who are anti-gun as well? well? Like, where are they getting the people from and what criteria are they using to select the committee? Well, there will be, um, they're, they're going to be selecting a little differently. So there will be some law enforcement on there. Mm -hmm. um, there will be two female former Olympic athlete shooters. 
Uh Um, There will be people from the health profession, like the health side. I'm not sure if they're really leaning towards mental health or towards physical health, but there's going to be some health professionals on there. And uh, other than that, they've been really vague about, you know, what what they're looking for, for committee members, how the selection process is going to take place. I know I've been... I've been pretty um, adamant about sending, you know, I've sent a lot of emails uh, requesting to be on there. I mean, I understand they're going to also have some women's groups represented on there. Um, I I assume for, you know, uh, anti-domestic violence type um, groups. So, you know, I I realize that with the issues trying to keep committees, um, you know, gender neutral, if not leaning towards women, um, I'm hoping that I, you know, that I would be a good representative for females in the in the firearm industry in the sports so I've been really trying to stick both feet in that door um that's not closed on me but you know I I I basically think they're just um, lacking a little bit of leadership in that department and having a really hard time trying to figure it out what it is they're doing but you know my recommendation to them was that they start with a mandate you know like you've got to sort of map out what it is that you want to accomplish um, you know, what, what issues are at the forefront to discuss and, and have these people work on. And right. then you can recruit people with the skill set for those jobs, right. right? Basically what the purpose of the group is as well. Um, yeah. People, you know, people need to be able to, to recognize what their, what their purpose is in the group and the committee. And you do need to have balanced. If you're going to have somebody there from uh, a uh, group, for example, like you said, women's groups that are, that are, Typically anti-gun, uh, you need to have somebody that there is that is going to balance it out as well. Um, again, education, right? Absolutely, yeah. So I've I've tried to look up some information about it as well. Uh, it's really hard to find any information, contact information. Was that what you found as well? Yeah, there's really there's really not a lot. Um, and you know, uh, I had suggested that it it wouldn't hurt even on the uh, public safety website. You know, there should be a little tab for that because, I mean, right now it is a big topic. It's a big, um, you know, a big development in the office. And uh, I think just having, you know, it puts it would put Canadians on both sides of the issue at ease if they had some idea of what was going on and, and you know, what they're going to work for. Uh, you know, I, I'd like to think they're going to, you know, create a, a com- like a community-based committee that would... Um, have representatives from, you know, all angles. And I I, I agree. I think there should be some mental health representation on there, maybe some representation for Aboriginal people. You know, there's a, a, you can put as, you know, as many people as you want on that committee. Why not make it a nice broad representation of Canada if you want to keep it fair, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what they should be doing. Um, Now, you had talked about the fact that there was going to be two former Olympians on. I know that one of the previous, um, sorry, the previous committee, one of them was uh, Linda Tom that was on that. She was the pistol shooter from 1986 that won the gold. I'm hoping that she'll continue to be on it. Um, but you Me don't too. know you don't know if anybody else that's been requested to be put on it. 
No, I, I haven't yeah. got that information yet. Um, okay. You know, I, I haven't got any names confirmed yet other than Mark Holland. Mm-hmm. Um, but even even that's a little worrisome. I, you know, here's the thing. The Liberals, they've clearly defined their, um, their platform on gun legislation and where they stand on the issue. And right on their website, if you Google, uh, you know, Liberal gun platform, uh, you can easily see it. And it says right on there that they have no you know, no interest in reinstating the long gun registry. So right. I do find it a little odd to see someone who was a huge proponent of that um, legislation is now the head of the committee. committee. But, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, we've got to stay hopeful and objective. And, uh, you know, wh- whether whether we get somebody from our camp, I'd love to see Rod on it. But, um, you know, I, I'm not sure what's going to happen there. But regardless, whether we get somebody from our camp on that committee or not, uh, rest assured, I, you know, we are going to be um, keeping our feet in, in that door at all times. Right. And communicating. I, you, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. I just want to chime in here with uh, a comment about um, the liberal platform mm-hmm. uh, on guns and them saying they have no interest in reinstituting the long gun registry. That doesn't concern me. I would, uh, if I had to choose between having guns moved from non-restricted to prohib or having yeah. more guns, but having them registered. I mean, it's, it's not a registry that scares me there. The liberals have, have been going after specific guns and going after magazine capacity and stuff like that. So to, to, yeah. I think that's an appeasement. We're not going to reinstate the registry. No, oh, maybe we're going to do a lot more though. So they well, could do more damage than a registry. Well, yeah, with, with the registry, they could have went ahead and and seized all those uh, CZ eight five eights and that kind of thing, right? They could have seized them, mm-hmm. but I mean, when they tell you that you you know you're now in possession of uh, a gun that would be treated the same as a snub nose revolver and AK forty seven, then you don't have a license for it. What difference does it make? And well, I can knock on my door and take it, but I have to turn it in, otherwise I'm a criminal. Yeah. If I get caught with it, I'm charged. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's two other little uh, things that have been coming out of the rumor mill um, concerning the liberals and their um, their agenda on guns, and that's um, you know there's there's been some some chatter in the back room about um, you know creating a not a registry but creating a log so um, shopkeepers or or you know businesses would be required to log firearm purchases. So I know here in Ontario, uh, they log purchases of right. um, ammunition. You know, you go to Canadian Tire, the kid behind yeah, the counter pulls out the book. Specific. Yeah, that's right. Well, there, there, there's been some talk about that. And would that have any effect on public safety? Personally, I think not. I mean, I don't understand what difference that would make. But, you know, my, my main concern with that is if you start keeping, um, uh, you know, a log of guns that people buy it sort of creates a backdoor registry of everything they buy from here on out right so that i i you know that that i would i would go to the ends of the earth to watch that not happen so um you know we're going to work on that and then the other the other thing they're talking about is um you know uh i know there was a story not long ago out of vancouver i believe where they had a couple of guys who got caught with uh, doing straw purchases, right? Where you have a, you know, a licensed firearms owner who's going out, buying an excessive amount of guns and then selling them on the street, which is ridiculous and stupid, but... It doesn't um, even have to be excessive. It could be, uh, my brother-in-law doesn't have a license, so I buy a gun and give it to him. Exactly. It's so uh, less illegal. 
what they're talking about now too is doing like a kind of a one gun a month club, you know, where they would, you know, they would limit each license to not being able to buy more than one gun a month. Trevor, you're screwed. (laughs) (laughs) I can go a month without a gun, but then I have to buy like three the next month sometimes. So, yeah. Well, and here's the thing, you know, the liberals are providing each province with $100 million a year uh, to support the Guns and Gangs Police Task Force. And I think that's a really good idea. I think we've got to work on crime. But here's the other thing, um, you know, any kind of legislation or, or any of this stuff, it's all going to cost money, right? So, you know, um, CPAC is ancient. That's, you know, it's it's kind of a dinosaur. Why not invest that money? That Checking, you know, you could easily flag somebody. Let's say somebody bought 30 handguns in a two-week period. You know, you they could easily have an automated system where, you know, nothing rash happens, but maybe just have a little flag, you know, like just keep an eye on this and see if there's any kind of pattern. That should be something that's completely automated. Like it's 2017. We're not in the Stone Age here. Um, I think, you know, instead of uh, creating legislation and making things harder for, you know, law-abiding gun owners, there is, there are ways you could, you could flag somebody for that, auto- automated, and cost nothing. So, you know, I, I, I'd almost think about updating the system before I would think about creating legislation, right? Well, legislation. Yeah, and I, I think, uh, I think they're doing that right now because um, I recently purchased oh, four handguns at once. And, uh, and it got, it got held up. Like the transfers didn't go through right away. And, uh, I got a call from them asking like, what's your plan with these four handguns kind of a thing. Right. Well, exactly. And that's what I mean. That, that kind of stuff is already in place. So why, you know, if, if they've got a concern, um, they can, they can check on it, you know, they can act on it and so be it. So why create legislation around that? You know, like one, one gun a month, like, I don't understand, you know, it's just, We've often said, Tracy, if they would enforce some of the laws that are on the books now correctly, we wouldn't have some of these problems or a need for more laws. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, you know, I know that uh, they worry about the number of shootings. I know in Ottawa, we had, uh, you know, a higher number in 2016 for shootings, but these are not one of them is by a law abiding citizen. So, yeah. You know, like let's let's spend some of that money legislation and and you know focus groups on you know combating crime rather than creating legislation that nobody listens to. One of the reasons why one of the reasons why Ottawa had an increase was because of the fact their guns and uh, gangs um, uh, section of the the local police force was cut. So again, if you can invest that money into into those. those departments, it mm-hmm. will have a positive positive effect, as well as the Canadian Border Service Agency as well. Just uh, hire a few more, few more guys uh, at the border or gals at the border, and and maybe they can, you know, the people that are walking across with a bag full of guns. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. We can catch a few more of those people that are that are selling the the guns illegally. It's not the legal gun owners that are that are uh, doing this, and legislation is not going to help at all. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, they, they have it right in their platform to provide the provinces with $100 million. So, um, yeah. you know, like, let, let's do that. Let's work on crime. Let's work on the borders. Um, I think, you know, there's other things that they can do that would, you know, I, I know it, it almost seems like they want to be able to do something, make it look like they're doing something 
kind of actually do nothing and just appease the public that they're doing something for public safety. Um, You know, I'd much rather see them actually, like, let's do something about crime. Let's do something about the guns coming over the border. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and these, like, make a focus group about that. How can we work on that? You know, these, these are the kind of issues that should be at the forefront if keeping public safety is truly at the forefront of, of their departments. So, you know. So you need to be on this committee so you can spearhead that. <laughs> oh, man, I'm trying. I don't know. I'm trying. All right. Uh, <laughs> when is, do you know when the committee is coming into effect? Well, there's going to be um, some announcements within the next week. Uh, we should have a little more information. I believe the two vice chairs will be announced within the next week. So, yeah, that'll be interesting to see who that is. Um, and then I guess we'll go from there. But uh, I I don't believe the committee has been completely chosen yet. It's not closed. Okay. So, you know, I We'll, we'll just keep writing. Um, I'm sure the um, other organizations as well are trying to uh, make sure that Canadian firearms owners have their voice heard and have some representation. So, you know, it's really, it's right. kind of vital. I mean, the committee, all in all, they, they're not allowed to make legislation. They don't write laws, right? They all can the, make recommendations, though. Yeah, they make recommendations and they advise uh-huh. the minister on, on as, as a whole, what they think should be done. Um, mm-hmm. And then it would be up to the minister and his office team to to act on that. So, I mean, it's not, the, the committee itself is not the end-all, be-all to gun legislation. But I think it will have, um, you know, it will have an effect on decisions made. Right, an impact. So, yeah. Yep. All right. Any other questions, Adriel or Matthew or Trevor? No, I thought that was great. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, Tracy, for coming on and explaining to us about the committee. And also, we're looking forward to the announcement next week and seeing what we can do about it, as well as uh, our legal gun owners, see if uh, we can influence. Hopefully, you can get on the committee as well. I would love that. Keep an eye on the uh, ccfr.ca website, and uh, as soon as we hear something, we'll post it up there for everyone to know. That's perfect. Okay. Great, guys. Have a great show. Thanks. Thanks. Okay. Bye, guys. And we Uh, just wanted uh, to thank Tracy Wilson once again for uh, coming on the show. Listener feedback. Adriel, can you read Mark's, please? From Mark, and this is Mark with a K. Hey, guys. Just an FYI on the camping spots for the weekend of the course. Two options available. People are welcome to haul their campers to the range and stay there at no charge. Or I can book spots at the campground where my campers is at. Spots at the campground are $40 per night, but include water, power, and sewer hookups. Also, there's an 18-hole mini golf for some fun in the evening. I may be able to get a better deal if we have a few campers that would like to stay at the campground. Feel free to send out my contact info to the group for anyone that has questions about the camping or who would like to book at the campground. Also, I would like to offer you guys uh, beds to crash in at my camper for your stay here. I'll even cook some corn and maybe some steak. Corn. Cheers, Mark. Corn. Corn. corn, Matthew. All right, we're going for the corn. <laughs> Green corn. Corn yeah. and steak. He's a pretty good guy. Corn steak. <laughs> yeah, very corn awesome. Corn was awesome. Just I, well, I remember the steak more than the corn. I hope mm. he forgives me. Well, yeah. he is kind yeah. of particular about his corn, this Mark guy. He really. I don't know if it's him so much as you, but anyway, yeah. If you uh, I are, think you're remembering it wrong. Probably you're listening with an accent. So if you <laughs> are, if you're attending the uh, the course in Alberta in Bonneville, 
and uh, want a place for your camper, we've got two options for you. Well, Mark does really, so you can email us and we'll hook you up with him. Or like he said, maybe we'll get around to uh, just sending everybody taking the course his contact information. Yeah, we'll be sending out another mass email to all the participants so we could just include that contact info then probably. Yeah, we've got a registration form that we got to get sent out to everybody. Yeah, yep, exactly. Okay. All right. So if you have any other listener feedback or if you do want to uh, talk to Mark, email us at slamfireradio at gmail.com. iTunes. We don't have any. We haven't had any for Boo. a while. Yeah, I know. Boo. So. We're also looking for those, too. Uh, we do like five-star ratings because nothing else counts. So right now we have 112 Canadian reviews, uh, 30 U.S., one U.S., or sorry, Australian, one U.K., one Lithuanian. Did I say that right, Trevor? Close enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Lithuanian. One Bel- all right. One Belgian uh, review. So we'd like to hear from all the other countries in the world too, but, uh, that's basically our goal is one from every country in the world. We're looking Mm -hmm. at you, North Korea. (laughs) (laughs) I keep saying North Korea, but Uh, remember when North Korea was the country with the craziest world leader? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not it. He's saying, Uh, yeah, Yeah. not it. Uh, Yeah. Uh, yeah. Send us an iTunes review. And uh, even if you aren't in North Korea, we'll still read it. Probably. Maybe. Shoutouts again, Trevor. Uh, Sticks. I called him up for some help. He helped. I don't remember why I called Sticks, but thanks for helping. That's how long it's been. Uh, Toby and Melissa from the Armed Couples podcast. They are helping me with a little side project. Appreciate Mm. that. Uh, That reminds me. Uh, Should I check my Dropbox, guys? Or I guess you'll get back to me. I don't think Uh, they can hear you. Yeah. Uh, well, they will hear me eventually. Yeah. Oh. The uh, Appleseed Princess, whose name I changed today to the Appleseed Brat. I don't even know what this one was for. I think she was helping me with 1022 questions. To uh, Rick and Jess, uh, congratulations. And what, Matt. What, what? Oh. No, that's okay. it. Matt okay. and the boys at the uh, Geeks, Gadgets, and Guns podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. It was a hoot. I enjoyed it very much. Adam and hi, Rick. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I have to listen to this episode, don't I? Heinrich well, has I always best. listen to them, but anyways, go. Heinrich has, Heinrich has the best voice ever. He does. He's he so does. Cute. He really does. He's so well, cute. I'm not going to say he or his voice is cute, but uh, he's got a good radio voice. <laughs> All right. You know who else has a great radio voice? You do. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Uh, but Sticks does. Oh, I actually did a, because everything's a contest. <laughs> I was on Real Terrestrial Radio doing a spot for uh, Suicide Prevention Month. February in New Brunswick is Suicide Prevention Month, and I was in there reading a script uh, put out by Mental Health uh, that will run in uh, radio ads. And did somebody say to you, man, if you could read, you'd have a great voice? No, somebody did say, though, if I hear that that one more time, I'll probably kill myself, which I thought, you're clearly not getting the message. Thanks for making me ruin it, Matthew. Sorry. It's all right. You win. (laughs) Everything's a contest. No, it's good that you did that. And, uh, yeah, Yeah. you really do have a good radio voice and a good radio face, too. Yeah, I have have both (laughs) a face and voice radio. Yes, you do. I disagreed with him. I should have. (laughs) (laughs) You can agree on the the voice part, but just, uh, you know. 
If, any of you listeners who haven't seen Trevor's face, you, you gotta. Awkward. Yeah. <laughs> How far can we go? No, no, dig up, stupid. <laughs> uh, all right. So, Patreon supporters, we have a new one, you guys. Dan Smith. Woo! Yay! Why does he get his last me. name? Everybody else just has last initials. He has a last name. Sorry, Dan. Probably because we'll, we'll Smith go. is so ubiquitous. Is that the right word? I don't think it is. So common that, uh, that it doesn't really matter. There's probably 16,000 Dan Smiths in Canada alone. There's probably 16,000 in my town alone of six people. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Mr. Smith. Dan, Dan if that is your real Smith. name. John. Probably John, John Smith. Smith. There's a John Smith club. Did you know that? Is there? To get in, your name has to be John Smith. You figure? But it's, but it's a real club. <laughs> I think it's, quite frankly, I think it's kind of biased and exclusive, really. I think Dan should be allowed in. <laughs> Maybe it's uh, no name. John. <laughs> All right. I'm not going to read everybody else's name because uh, this has gone off the rails, but I did want to <laughs> say... Uh, I hope everybody has contacted us uh, with their email addresses and their mailing ad- sorry their mailing addresses because we have some stuff to send it to you some patches and some uh, patches yeah, the, and what the, else are we send them stickers. Did you say yeah. just the Patreons though, right? Just the Patreons. Yeah, don't all you listeners send us your email <laughs> or your else. contact info. Yeah. <laughs> if uh, if you want a patch or a sticker and a sticker, is it and patch and a sticker? Yeah. We're sending yeah. both out. So. Yeah, you could get one for the low, low price of sponsoring us as a Patreon. Woohoo! So you should do that if you want to st- stick her in a patch, because they're pretty cool. Yeah. I saw them. And we have some recent content that just went out, too. We do, that's right. With Mr. Bolivar. Mr. Bolivar himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they're going to sign up now. <laughs> well, no, they're going to sign up because they want to hear how badly we make fun of them. He hung up on me today. A year later, for something he hung up on me for a year ago, it showed up in it showed up in his Facebook memory, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. those memories every day. Yeah. So a year ago, Ken Kowalski, who's uh, training to be a gunsmith, says, "I now know what one hundred thousandths of an inch looks like," and I said uh, something to the effect of, "Or I now I now know how small one hundred thousandths of an inch is." And I said, have you been talking to Bolivar's wife? And so <laughs> Bolivar immediately called me and hung up. And then today I get a call and it says, it's been one year later, something to that effect. And he hung up. And he hung up again. That's hey, awesome. guess what? He's going to call you tomorrow and hang up. <laughs> I'll be ready. <laughs> hang up on him first. Hey, what if you just don't answer? Because you got call ID, right? It's not how the game works. Oh. No, it's not. So you, you have to play by the rules then. There are yes. rules. Speaking of... Speaking of the game, I just lost the game. Oh, we lost it at the same time. That was a simultaneous losing. Nope. I said it first. You did. So you're the bigger loser. You're right. Yep. That's fine. (laughs) Okay, you two losers. Let's get on with the contest. (laughs) All right. Please join one of our National Firearms Association, like the CCFR. Thank you again, Tracy Wilson, for coming on tonight. Or the CSSA. It's really important to support those people who support us, because uh, they might even be on committees. Uh, and also get out there, get some shooting done, do some IPSC, maybe take part in a maple seed, or do some three-gun at the local club, or you know, bust some clays in that as well. Get out there and have some fun. And also take somebody else shooting with you, too. 
Also, check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. We have a thread there, and we post on not only our episodes, but we can chat with you there. So if you have questions, we, you know, ask not even n- Not even Chris Anderson posts there anymore. Yeah, it's pretty quiet. I opened it up one day, and a tumbleweed went across my screen. <laughs> <laughs> they, hey, you know what? They support us, so they do. Go there. They do. It, 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 let's and, be clear. It's just our forum that has a tumbleweed. The rest of the forum is quite active. Yeah. Mm. Although yeah. Trevor apparently thinks a broadcast is very funny. I did think it was funny. Because <laughs> broad. I got it. I don't get it. Yeah. Girls. I get girls, it. I get it. It's a joke that I said. Broadcast. Uh, yeah. No, really. Let me explain to you okay, again. S- you see, start again. <laughs> slang for girls is broad. And right. they had an all-girls show, so it was a broadcast. Because mm-hmm. it was really wide? You calling them all fat? Nope. Yes, he is. Trevor, you heard Trevor. it here first, folks. Not all of them. <laughs> this, this podcast make me look fat. All right. <laughs> I like that one, right? She comes in one day and says, do these jeans make my butt look fat? So no, the jeans are doing everything they can to keep it in. Your butt makes your butt look fat. She yeah. won't. That, that, yeah, that yeah. was the end of that relationship. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't spoken to my mother since I said that. <laughs> uh, we're going to change our tag to comedy. We better start getting funny then. <laughs> hey, as long as we're laughing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So Facebook, visit us there too. Cool. We have a 1,615. I changed that. 15 likes so far. Uh, but we'd like to get to... 2000. Do you think we can get to 2000 before the end of the year? Not with oh, shows yeah. like this, we can't. <laughs> 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 yeah, okay. And as we got stars. We have one gold star and we have <laughs> we have a signed 858 petition as well. Very That's nice. It. We need some more gold stars and other we things. We do. Yeah. Maybe a part Can we get a partridge in a pear tree? No, not mm-hmm. till Christmas. Maybe around the yeah, holidays. Yeah, around the holidays. Oh, oh. All right. Okay, people, think about something to send to us. Something unique. And on that note, Trevor, you still with us? You fell asleep. It's under a snuggie <laughs> in the back corner. Anybody else got, anyone else have anything else that they want to say? Words of wisdom, parting words. Good night, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I was gonna respond good night Matthew <laughs> that would have been funny too <laughs> so if you have any comments or questions for the show please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com now go grab a gun and shoot something when the talking is over it's time to get a gun so for tonight's main topic, we have Tracy Wilson with us. She's the chairperson for the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Right. She's here to talk to us uh, about the new fire... Fi- sorry. Uh, <laughs> I take it you want a redo. Yes, please. Why does she oh, get a she redo? Wants, you would have pushed me right through that. <laughs> you kidding me? She didn't get no review. Keep going. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, you know, Kelly, all you have to do when you want to redo is say... <laughs> yeah, and scratch. <laughs> Start at square one. (laughs) You're welcome.